It is good to see your faces tonight. Amen. It is good to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, tonight, I don't want to uh, take too much time. Uh, it is my honor tonight. Uh, hallelujah. To welcome. Hallelujah. A man that has impacted my life tremendously. Amen. Uh, a great teacher. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That has God has used tremendously uh, to encourage my life, to challenge my life, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, uh, tonight I don't want to uh, take too much time, uh, I know he has a guest and I'm going to allow him when he comes up here to introduce us, hallelujah, to the special guest that he has, hallelujah, amen, and amen, uh, can we stand up tonight on our feet as I want to take this opportunity to welcome my mentor, hallelujah, mighty, mighty man I regard, hallelujah, as my spiritual father, hallelujah, yeah, to the pulpit, hallelujah, to come and minister, hallelujah, let's clap our hands, hallelujah, hallelujah, as we welcome, hallelujah, prophet Bothwell Piri, hallelujah, welcome daddy, hallelujah. Good evening. Hello, Abe. It's good to see you. Shall we just take a moment and just thank the Lord for for tonight and just preserving our lives. Just today, thousands of people around the world died. And many of them didn't have a, a clue they were going to die because they were not sick in their bodies. We take for granted things we have before we meet with calamity. So never wait for calamity to bring appreciation uh, into your life. Can we just take just a few seconds and just say thank you. dominion, authority. There is no one who is like unto you, O ancient of days. No one whose name has been lifted higher than any other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So tonight we honor you, our Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for the grace. Thank you tonight for undeserved favor. What we have, what we never worked for. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Be exalted. Lift it up. Receive all the praise. Receive all the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ. We pray tonight and everybody say it. Please do take your seats in the presence of the Lord. It's good to see you all. 
and I pray uh, the Lord uh, uh, will meet with you tonight. My name is Bothwell. My surname is Peru. I come from a small little country in, in southern Africa called Zimbabwe. And uh, this trip here is a, is a mixed bag for me because a man I greatly admire, um, a true prophet of God, and I use that word um, very deliberately because if you go to our website, you will not find anywhere where I use the designation of a prophet. And the reason being, the prophetic ministry has in the last about 14 years done more damage to the body of Christ and to the world that Satan himself could not have managed to do. Therefore, when I, when I meet with a man uh, of the caliber of Prophet Roger Till, he's a man I could tell you a, a lot about. And one of the marks of a true prophet, let me just say this now, is true prophets never seek prominence because their responsibility of hearing the voice of the Lord is nothing to be proud of. Uh, being a prophet is very, if you like, close to always having your neck very close to the guillotine. True prophets of God are not celebrities. I'm going to repeat this again. True prophets of God are not celebrities. You will not find one prophet in the Bible who was popular. Some got killed for that ministry. And so when I, when I first heard of Prophet Till, who, by the way, flew all the way from Kentucky, to come and spend time uh, with me here. When I told my son, my son said to me, Dad, that can't be correct. It's not correct that you say Prophet Till is coming. I'm sure he's preaching a conference there. That's why um, this should be a coincidental meeting. This is a man who has spoken into the lives uh, of many people. And I'm talking not church uh, members, I'm talking of um, very highly regarded, celebrated people. God has used him to be the one who speaks and ignites uh, ministries like Rodney Howard Brown being involved in speaking into the lives of people like Reinhard Bonke and spoken prophecies over nations. So we're not talking of devotional uh, prophecy. I'm, I'm a bit careful about giving a 
examples because in this age today where we celebrate fortune tellers in church and we call them prophets, the only time in the Bible I find a prophet referring to a person's personal private details was deliberately to corroborate something the Lord wanted to establish. He said, go and call your husband. She said, I don't have, say, yeah, you've already had five. And they weren't even your husband. And then he then spoke into her situation. And so I am extremely privileged tonight. And I want to ask uh, uh, Prophet Till to come and greet you and just speak whatever is in his heart. Thank you. It is difficult to hear the voice of the Lord today. There's so many voices that can cause us to be distracted. It is important that we are sure that we are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. For without him, it is going to be a I return to my thoughts on this matter. I find that in my assignment there is a blockage A hindrance, a withstanding, a power, a force. Knowing the identity of the works of darkness, I am fully aware of that which God has graciously given in his word that we might understand the powers of darkness. Satan's work, what his business is. And we can apply ourselves to be vigilant, to be on guard, to be resolute, defensive, certainly. Such an exercise is pretty demanding. It is demanding because... Uh, it would seem that you always have to be on your guard. It seems that you always have to be aware of. And yet life can go on with its busyness, with our responsibilities, with our duties, our love for those that we love. Various duties of life that uh, are essential even for our 
very existence. And yet, deeply beyond even our understanding at times, there is a work, an evil work, a work of iniquity that is already working behind the scenes and even in the foremost. And my heart has been stirred by this, that I would ask my God, as you would too, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What, what can I do? Well, why would I desire to do something? Surely I trust in his promise. Surely I trust that he will keep me, watch over me. Surely the angels are watching over me. Yes, but can I be sure? Well, yes, I am sure, because I have an experience of the very same. However, I still know that tomorrow he will be about his work. Mine eyes as yours, I see. My ears, I hear. But to see beyond the natural sight and the natural hearing, that I might hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, saying to me. For without hearing what the Spirit is saying, I'm going to be hearing other voices or circumstances may, uh, and certainly will, cause me to be, as I said, hindered, influenced, perhaps persuaded, perhaps enticed. And so as I'm sharing this with you here, and I didn't get up to say this, I am speaking from my heart. For as I have been respectfully spoken by this man of God, what qualification would I um, carry as such? For as he has already rehearsed, and uh, I am certainly aware of the fact that these are the days of the false prophet. And so it is my persuasion that I must be certainly on my guard that maybe there is a shift. That's a word that's used a lot, isn't it? You know, a shift. However, I, I realize that in my life that there were necessary adjustments to what I was used to, to how I function in a sense. For I've ministered, well, by his grace, for 50 years doing this. I'm 75 years old. And yet, in those early days when I went and I spoke and I did, and now it's become very different. Yes, I've been with the crowds, the great and the small. And of course, you learn to navigate, don't you? You navigate among people. It's like my minute preaching. I've preached, I don't know how, I mean, I, I'm a preacher. So I preached and preached and preached and preached. But what would be the shift? Why? Wha what is it that God is requiring? He's requiring that I listen. And I've always listened. 
but I'm finding in my life that it's not through instinct. And at times, I wonder where the Lord is. They say, well, you're, you're the prophet. The Lord's with you everywhere. You know, the Bible says, yes, I know what the Bible says. But I know when his presence is there. I know when I know he's speaking. I know when I know I'm hearing. I know when I know I'm seeing. And I also know when I'm perceiving. And oh, how I realize I must perceive. I must hear. I must know. What, for my reputation's sake? Because they announce me as such? Nay, nay, nay. Just because without hearing his voice, we're going, we will be lost. I will take up no more time, but I share this with you sufficiently to say this. I was about 24 years old, and I was in my church such as this, uh, in a church, and uh, there was an invitation to go to a meeting. And I'm from England. You can tell I'm not from the USA. Uh, I'm from England. And there was a meeting in the country where a Methodist minister had got gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was a farmer. And they were having prayer meetings in the farmer's house. And I went to this meeting, and there was about a dozen people, 12 people in. And there was a, a Methodist evangelist that was speaking. And he quoted from that scripture where it says, that there were four months unto harvest and the fields were white unto harvest. And I sat there in that meeting and then the Spirit of the Lord came on me and I was like, this is a long time ago, but I came under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now I gave my life to Christ according to my mother when I was seven years of age. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 13 and baptized in water and, and, and all. And I got married when I was, eight, when I was 21. Uh, anyway, but the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and I had a vision. I don't have many. I only had about three. But this first vision that I have was that the Lord was standing. I know it was the Lord. He had his hand like this. He was looking, no words. And behind him, there was one, two, three. Even to a whole multitude of people. Now that can be significant because it speaks obviously that the Lord is indicating it's to these that you are sent. But it was the look on their faces. They thought, they have no idea what to do, where to go, what is happening. Of course, I bowed unto the Lord and asked what to do. I've seen those faces many, many times. I've also realized what it is that I have been charged to do. And so I'll hush now. I would encourage you to listen to this man 
Thank you for receiving me, for greeting me. Bless your hearts. I'll shake your hand afterwards. Come and talk to me. Uh, but now, let the man of God come. Prophet, come on now. Come, come. Thank you. As you grow up in the Lord, you will, you tend to understand some things that um, don't look so, so obvious. Um, Prophet Till goes back home to Kentucky on Monday, and um, I'm trying to spend as much time as I can uh, with him. People like him are what you call weird. And if you understand <laughs> the prophetic ministry, there is no word other than other than that. But uh, I will. Oh, you, you, you can. You're going to hear more from him. Well, I'm privileged to be here. Um, thank you to, to Pastor Melvin and uh, uh, Sandy. Um, uh, count it a privilege to be with you all. And you've taken your time to come so that we can just fellowship uh, together here uh, today. Um, that lady, you were sitting at back there. I think you were one of the ladies we met at and, and, uh, and, 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 and greeted us. Yes. Uh, what did your name mean? Tandy. Tandy. Okay. Well, we were going to talk because there is um, there is grace that the Lord is um, allowing uh, into your life we are all graced differently. There are those who stand upon the pulpit and preach and make all the noise. Then there are those who minister the word of the Lord or the spirit of the Lord. Those who minister without having to quote verses and Bibles. Your past we will not talk about. You need to, today, before you leave here, there's going to be a great washing uh, of you so that there is a, a total separation 
from the past because I'm looking and I'm seeing people coming in through your home. I'm seeing you hosting people, looking after people for the one reason, and that is that they may meet with Jehovah. We are not talking here of you. I'm not talking of holding meetings. Uh, you, you, if you hold meetings in your home, uh, that's not the you know, in addition to it. But I am talking of ministering the person of the Lord by modeling who God is through the lifestyle so that people who come into your home can live there and say there is just something about this woman and something about this place. I'm not so sure what it is, but uh, there is just something that I, and, and I don't know you because I, at this moment, I really don't think I know anyone other than uh, your pastor here, by the way, is the one who got in touch with me on, uh, uh, on, on, on uh, one of the social media. I'm not even so sure. If I met him, if he hadn't spoken to me, I would not have known him. But that grace is what is going to bring promotion into your life. There are things people aspire after and seek for, but the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It is by you allowing yourself to be a conduit that God can use, that God lifts you up, not because you are doing it so that you find the blessing, but you find the blessing because you are doing what God has ordained for you uh, in, in your life. The unfinished issues of your life are going to be completed before we are done on Sunday. Uh, masters domestic nature that are going back. Uh, the Lord has been grace, graceful to you. Um, he's settled you now, but you're coming from a brokenness. There was a first settling, then you were broken, and then there was a second settling. Is that true or not true for me? Lord is 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 uh, is not yet finished. Uh, there's a lot of beauty the Lord is going to release in your life. Amen. Let's 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 get to just um, um, uh, let's let's speak into a couple of things. I, I find it. Uh, I'm not so sure. I really would not have wanted to to uh, really minister in that in that sense. Um, because of, of, by the way, Prophet Roger Till is going to be uh, at home um, in December um, in, 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 in Zimbabwe um, at uh, the, 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 the family uh, annual conference. So for those of you who happen to get lost and you find yourself somewhere down that end of the world, Sometimes I go into a place and I, and I'm fired up. When I was in New York last week, I walked into the place and I just knew the, 
I was just feeling this the fire back and I arrived here today and and I feel <laughs> I, I, I feel like a priest. You know. Um, you know Catholic priests don't just walk in quietly and you just do things quietly and that's how I'm feeling tonight. So if I disappoint any of you, uh, please collect your refunds from uh, Pastor Melvin. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we, we can make arrangements for that. I want to uh, speak tonight uh, into uh, uh, an issue that the Lord laid upon my heart content, uh, concerning me, and that is contending for the supernatural, and um, uh, I, I, I want to just speak for a, 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 a while, speak into the, the dynamic of moving into the place of the, of the supernatural, because um, the, we are living in a, in a new age today where the church has chosen to be politically correct and uh, uh, Christians uh, spend five hours a day watching television but don't want to be in a service that is more than an hour long because church has become an inconvenience into our lives. And so I feel today that we need to address an issue and the issue has to do with how the church has become so sanitized that we now, instead of having men of God preaching, we have motivational speakers. And so, instead of beginning to speak into people's lives, we are speaking psychology into uh, the space of the church. And I, I would be remiss tonight if I did not speak into this thing here. And I'm not really so sure how the Lord would have me frame it, but in my heart... It is very clear uh, to, to, to challenge you tonight, to speak to you tonight, to bring back the grace and the glory of the Lord back into his house so that we are not going through the motions and we are not going through trying to do the right thing, but we can get to the place where we can worship God and have God himself be in our midst uh, so that we are not trying to hit people with psychology and with feelings but where the presence of the Lord himself can come and minister into the lives of people, where people can live here and not talk about how powerful a preacher was, but how they met God uh, inside of the meeting. And that today is my assignment, that you would help me deliver this, this thing that is sitting in my spirit right now. Ah, Please, please take your seats. I We have become so politically correct. A gospel without the power of God is gossip. If you came here tonight and all you do is come to his house and all we do is feed you scriptures which you can read for yourself at home, then we need to shut the church down. I grew up in an age where it was almost impossible to find any material. And so we listened to every tape we could get. But right now, you don't have to come to church because you can go onto YouTube and you can listen to anybody and you can turn on Christian television and you can listen to hundreds of preachers. And, and, and my heart 
my heart, my heart, my heart bleeds as I look and listen to men of God who I have great respect for. And I, one minute they are speaking and I am praising God and the next minute they are hustling for a dollar. We need money in his house. I know that. And I'd be the first one to tell you we we, we need resources. Cost money to buy sound systems and, 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 and do everything else. But when pursuing material resources becomes the purpose of the church, then the church has lost its purpose and must cease to exist. Uh, it no more uh, is necessary. And I, I think more speaking into our space here in this in the United States and just like every other country. The whole world is in turmoil. We have so much confusion going on in my country right now. Protests and people are, are, are demonstrating. There is a lot of pain. I look at the United States and every time I pass by a place where there is a television set, uh, all I see is Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and everybody's insulting each other and Right now, you have riots in Charlotte, and people are. I ask myself, where is the church in all of this? Are we still relevant? Are we still relevant if all we do is gather together in a building, sing choruses, and then go home? Did I say something in the last few minutes? Okay. I think I must have been thinking out loud. And so, one of the areas, just one of the areas that we need to restore back into the house of the Lord is to contend for the supernatural in our lives. A few, two years ago, no, it was last year in, in, in April. My daughter in Form 2 already knew she wanted to become a lawyer. And last year I was speaking to a man of God and we were just chatting and he said to me, I, I see, your, see you have a daughter. I said, yes. And he said, uh, I see your daughter being kept at the bar in London. So I said, okay. Because my daughter didn't want to go to Bible to, to university in South Africa where her brother and sister are. I looked at the fees in London and I said, not a chance. As we speak right now, she's getting ready reason she's getting ready is I sat with her a month back and I said, sweetie, you need to get yourself a place in, at the University of Cape Town or University of Pretoria or University of KwaZulu-Natal where your brother was. And she said, yes, but somehow as we sat there talking, 
I could see in her heart, she was saying, Dad, I have faith to go to the university of my choice. She didn't say that out loud. And I thought to myself, Lord, am I making a mistake? And am I trying to force my baby to do what she doesn't want? After that, I went, knelt down and said, Lord, you, you help sort this thing out. Cut a long story short. Her faith, not my faith. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit. Her faith is about she. She should be starting university, I think. I'm not so sure when the uh, semester starts. She's starting there, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me contending for the supernatural. I had a call from my son on Friday last week, and uh, quite late at night, um, and he says to me, Dad, you remember that man when you came, the man who had advanced cancer? So I said, yes. And I said, well, I've got two stories for you. That man just phoned me a short while ago. He came from his doc doctor. And his doctor has given him a 100% clean bill of health, he doesn't have a single cancer cell in his body. Wait. So, so I said, wow, that's, that's exciting. He prayed for him. I didn't pray for him. When I met his church, I don't have to pray for, for anyone. Uh, the Bible says a man who is blessed, his sons are the ones who address the enemy at the gate. So I don't address the enemy when there are sons uh, to, to, to do the addressing of the enemy. And he said, well, that's not the only one. We had a woman who had a cancerous wound on her leg. I prayed for her last week. She came. Not only is she healed when she woke up, even the scar doesn't exist. You see, I could go on and on and on and on, but if I do that, your attention is going to be diverted. Because if I do that, you're going to be looking at me and saying, that's a true man of God. And that's the problem in the church right now because we have thrown away the responsibility of the relationship that God ordained that each one of us must have with him. And we posted it upon an individual and the individual is the one who's supposed to do this. And so we threw away the heritage every child of God is supposed to be having with God. Because if there is no power for the supernatural, all we are doing is having a religion. I'm not going to say much because I, I stand to possibly sound funny. Please appreciate my, my background. Your pastor sometimes wakes up early hours of the morning to join our service. Our service begins at nine in the morning and normally 
nice early service which ends at 2 in the afternoon. There are, of course, accidents that happen if there is an accident, 4.30, 5 o'clock. We don't pray for people who are diabetic. Diabetic people get healed by entering the place. I, I, I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you why. But all I can tell you, uh, because diabetics need to eat every like two hours. And normally I will say, well, can I see all those who are diabetic? And so the hands will, will go up. And I say, stand up. And they'll stand up. And I'll say, what time did you come to church? What time did you leave home? You say 7 a.m. And when was the last time you ate? About just before we left home. What time is it right now? And then they'll look. It's 2.30. Are you hungry? No. I don't know what it is. I, if I knew, I'd franchise it and I'd make money out of it. But all I can tell you is when we stop putting time and limits on God, we are going to enter into a dimension of the spirit that many people just dream of and hear about without ever coming into its reality. Let's, let's run, uh, let, me, let me just maybe throw a couple of uh, pointers to you and we will be done for tonight. I think the platform was already set um, before I started. What is the purpose of the supernatural? Number one, to distinguish the true God from the false one. To distinguish the true God from false gods. Prophet Till, I have been looking at men of God, men here in this country, leaders of mega churches, men who have made tremendous impact, and all of them die from cancer. In fact, very few die from anything else. I was about four hours away from New York last week, Wednesday, in the flight, when twice the Lord spoke to me about a pastor here. I won't even tell you what city it is. Twelve months would be a maximum. This man's death is going to shock too many people. Same thing, cancer. We need to contend for the supernatural because the supernatural is one of those things that distinguish us as God's children from just plain old religion. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and above it stood for seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one cried after another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Where is that glory today? 
is God that dead that God is not able to look after his children? When God spoke to Moses and he said, listen, you, you take the children of Israel and go with them, but uh, I, I'm leaving. Moses could have said, ah, thank you, sir. I'm in charge now. God said, I must lead you. Yet Moses refused and said, God, if you, if your presence doesn't go with us, how are they going to know who we are? We have an identity that sets us apart from everyone and everything in the world. And that is the presence of God. It sets us apart from religion. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11 says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and the earth is yours. And yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. We need to see the supernatural in our lives. Not in a meeting, but in our day-to-day -day lives. Amen. Twice I have been preaching. When dead children have been thrown onto my chest whilst I am on the pulpit. I shared with your pastor last year, I was in New York. The pastor just finished introducing. I came, held the microphone. When I turned from him to speak, there was a commotion in the church. So I'm looking and there are people standing around. And I can see there's a man lying down. So I turned to look at the apostle. He looked at me and looked away. So I'm still trying to figure out what is going on because I'm a visitor. I'm a guest. So as I stand there, this guy is seated on his chair. By then, I see two people on their cell phones, and one of them was speaking loudly, and he said, no, he doesn't have a pulse, and he's not breathing. At that stage, I kind of like had a of an idea what was going on. So I went down and I found the two people were members of the church and they were medics. They've been trying to look for a pulse. It wasn't there. This man was no longer breathing. His wife, who was by his side, was crying. The people who had been sitting around were all reacting and everybody was standing away because people don't particularly like being near dead bodies. And yet, we have so many dead bodies around us. And so, I went down from the podium as I got to where he was. Didn't ask. I looked at this man and I thought, you are a silly man. If I let you die here, you're disturbing my message. Because if that body was going to be collected from the church. Who do you think was going to be listening to anything? I let out a statement without thinking. And unfortunately, that's what prophets sometimes do. You talk, then you say, oh my God, what did I just say? And I said right there, 
No one dies before he preach. Die after when I, I have finished preaching. And when I'm gone. So I went to that man, laid hands on him, turned my back, was walking up uh, to the podium. Next thing I hear, wow! So I look back and this guy is sitting in his chair, looking around, kind of like asking, hey, what's going on? You know, what's up? That's what you Americans say, isn't it? What's up? <laughs> if we do not contend for the supernatural, how are we going to explain ourselves to the masters of witchcraft? many of whom in many countries can cause thunder and lightning when a pastor can't even cause anything. How do we explain ourselves to men who can do wickedly? I'm very related to Nigeria. And I go to Nigeria at least twice a year. And in Benin City, a tree where they would go and do human sacrifices, somebody developed the idea or the bravery to go and have a bulldozer pull the tree down. And the tree hit, fallen by the bulldozer as the bulldozer reversed it would stand up on its own and stand. I saw that. Watched the video several times. I know it was not God of God. How do we explain to men and women who are suffering from sickness and disease, who we say to come to church and meet with Jesus, but uh, you're not going to get healed? And somebody is calling them to Santeria and to some voodoo place. And they are being promised that they can be healed. The Bible says, and Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. And of the disciples, it says, for the Lord was working with them with signs and wonders following. How are we going to justify our identity without one of the markings of our identity. Number two. You still here? We need to contend for the supernatural because to mark, the supernatural is there to mark and define his people as unique. The supernatural marks God's people as unique. I had a man come down from Botswana. Son born and the son had some missing vital organs. If you were a parent and your son did not have certain of those organs, you would be extremely worried. This is not a biology class, so I'm not going into um, uh, any deeper explanations. And he phoned me from, uh, in fact, he came from South Africa via Botswana. And I said to him, no, come. And he came. We won't go into that. 
all we say now is the mother has no concerns about not having grandchildren anymore. How are we going to market if we keep on disguising the fundamentals of Israel? Exodus chapter 8, verse 23, and I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of all the earth. Verse 9, only of chapter, rather, chapter 9, verse 26, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail, there was no calamity. I've told the church several times, I refuse to die from what kills sinners. brother I highly respect in Nigeria he's been shot three times now and the bullets come out of the gun and fall out of the barrel three times not once not twice three times yeah, the gun can kill a sinner Americans and you love your guns. Well, I, I love my guns possibly more than some of you. I, I have five, I have five firearms. I have a nine millimeter Browning. I have a a a, a, a two two. I have a two forty three. I have a thirty or six. I have a three seven five. So you, if you don't know what those are, don't worry. They 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 just. It's like in the Bible. You have the book of Genesis of Exodus of. <laughs> Your functions are slightly different. So how does a thing that kills a sinner uh, kill me? I, I, I refuse to be sick. Not because I don't want to be sick. Yes, I don't want to be sick. Uh, I, 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 I never enjoyed being sick during the years I used to be sick. Uh, I, I, I hate uh, being sick. It, but then if you come from the country where I come from, it's very expensive to be sick. And it's very inconvenient to be sick. So I choose not to be sick, not, not because uh, of any special formula, but because as I read the Bible, I find I don't have too much basis to want to be sick. Are you still here? <laughs> Psalms chapter 68, verse 35. Oh God, you are terrible out of the holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. The third reason why we need to contend for the supernatural is to advertise God's uniqueness. To advertise his uniqueness. I could share some things, but uh, then I, if I tell you some things that have to kill you, just God's goodness and absolutely brutal uh, sheer greatness. Um, let's not go into those. Exodus chapter 9 verse 16. And in very deed for this cause have I raised you up 
to show in you my power that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you and in your name we go against this great multitude. O God, you are our God. Let no man prevail. I fired a woman from what you call them? Estate agents. What do you call them here? Realtors. Realtors. I needed a building where our church is now. And somehow came to discover this woman for some reason did not want the place to be bought by a church. As I speak right now in South Africa, my son found premises, beautiful premises for the church and the realtor came back and said, no, when they found out you're a church, they have refused. So my son went and found another place. I said to him, no. No. That's the place we want. Not only is it the place we want, we are going to buy it of them. So we are going for the place we have been rejected. Why? When we walked away, they would think we are just like everybody else. Are you sure you're still here? Let me hear a good amen from you. No, that's a weak one. Let me hear a good one. Now, let give me a real strong good amen. Oh, that's better. That's better. Job chapter 5, verse 20. In famine, you will redeem you from death and in war from the power of the sword. Number four, to provide a source of administration for his kingdom. Bible says in Psalm 71 verse 18, and now also when I'm old and gray-headed like Prophet Till, oh God, forget me not until I have shown your strength to this generation and your power to everyone that is to, to come. So if you came today and you, you sit in your body but you decided, you know what, I, I've had enough of this. How does healing come? Healing is possibly one of the most easiest of things. In, in the Bible. Possibly one of the most easiest. I had a young lady testify last year in August. It was the most spectacular testimony I've ever heard. And I'm sitting there and I didn't have a clue. She lives in one of our top suburbs in Bulawayo uh, called Kumalo. She has a double-story home. And she's been sleeping in the bathroom for 16 years. In a double-story house. Sleeping in the bathroom. When she said it as she was testifying, I thought, should someone grab the microphone and take this woman away before we keep on hearing weird things. But I had an idea. I knew her, and I knew she wasn't mental. And she said for 16 years, 
and they have traveled from France, they've been here in the States, Holland, uh, they've been uh, to Germany, to some of the top specialists, and yet she never found any relief. Because you can't heal spiritual things medically. When she began to describe what would go on, I was dumbfounded. And she said every night she would fill up the tub with water and then slide into the water. Under the water, not sit in the water, under the water. And she would sleep for about two hours. She slept. She always had about two liters container with two liters of water which she would drink every night and finish. After some time, she would come out of the tub and she would sleep right next to the tub going on for 60 years. She happened to be in a meeting. I'm not going to go into any of those details. Your pastor here has seen some of the things that happened, some of the weird things. I'm not involved in those weird things. I'm, I'm a good man. I I I I stand on the pulpit there and I and I and I and I just worship God. I, I don't I don't get involved with that. That's for him and other people to, to go to go and do. And she got delivered, came back Sunday, she had a bag of different types of medicines from all over the world, uh, pumps and other things which she came and dumped at the altar. If you don't go with us, how are they going to know who you are? If I can be fired just like any sinner from my job, how are they going to know who you are? If I'm going to be begging for promotion at work just like every other sinner, how are they going to know who we are? I worked for Edgar's for 17 years, and in the 17 years, I had people who hated me to be the managing director, hated me to be because she was a woman involved in Raja Yoga. And every time I entered the office, I confused her well. Because you don't just wake up like a mouse from home, take a shower and go to work. No, you need to spend... By the way, you, you know what the minimum amount of time you should pray a day is? One hour. One hour for children's church. Jesus said, could you not watch with me for one hour? That's for the children. That's what we expect from the children's church. So you wake up in the morning and you make sure you do not leave home until you have been in his presence. And I kept on getting promoted. And people say, but that woman hates you. How do you get promoted when the managing director hates you? Because the managing director wasn't in charge. Pastor, so you'll understand that thing tomorrow. The Bible says in Psalms 111, verse 6, He has shown his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord. Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Please, can you give me just two more seconds? Thank you, Pastor. So, 
is number number four. Hold up. I'm going to give you the five to testify in need to contend for the supernatural world to testify of God's works in our lives. I never knew that witchcraft was real. Five years ago, I'm going to bed Saturday night. I'm praying. My wife, smart enough to know Saturday night, I'm like a hermit. So eventually, I think I'm settling down. This is about just after 1 a.m., about 1.30, I get into bed, and um, I've been praying, so I keep quiet, and the Lord says to me, tomorrow I want you to preach about witchcraft. Directly and immediately, I responded. I do not teach about witchcraft, number one. Number two, I know nothing about witchcraft. And number three, I really do not want to teach about witchcraft, even if I got to know anything about it. And the Lord said to me, and that's the most dangerous thing, get your computer fast. And I know you don't waste a second when the Lord says that, because he's going to say some things which you will fail to capture. I jumped out of bed, ran to the lounge, and sat down 45 minutes. I had a 45-minute Bible school on witchcraft that left me stunned. When I went to bed, I woke up in the morning, and I said, God, how am I even going to, what do I stand up and say to the people? How do you stand up today, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to teach you about witchcraft. No, pastor, we don't want to be witches. (laughs) I stood up and I said, I'm going to teach you about witchcraft and people cut a long story short to the things that happened after that. How many of you have lived in the city of Harare? Okay. Is this the Harare International? (laughs) (laughs) We are in an all-night prayer meeting, and the Lord says to me, uh, you begin to talk to me about the government, about Lake Chivere, and I'm thinking, Lord, this is weird. I, I, is this even true? So I'm quickly writing, and the Lord says to me, do you know there is an island right in Lake Chivere? I say, no, he says, well, write it down. So I said, island, Lake Chivere, and the Lord says to me, are you aware that there are altars on that island? Just write it down. You know, now, me and God, we are, uh, 
I'm behaving like the next husband. You know, the wife is talking. She says, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm writing. I'm, I'm, write, I'm not happy about what I'm hearing, but I'm writing. I don't want to hear what the Lord is telling me. So the Lord speaks to me about uh, the altars that are in, uh, on, in, uh, on the islands in Lesbigore and everything. Then to cap it off, the Lord says to me, I've got vision in your face where you came to me. Um, uh, uh, and I'm using a tablet. The tablet. I have to be careful. These guys, I come from a village. These guys speak with, with big cities. I try and make sure I'm saying the right thing. I could never really catch network with that tablet. That day, definitely no, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, surfing unless I'm on Wi-Fi. The Lord says to me, Put into your tablet, let's develop. I did that immediately. I mean, like this here. Download. And the Lord says to me, open that link. I open the link. And there it is. Everything God has said to me about the graves of chiefs which are on the island and how some of your go and do rituals. And that in the month of August, every year, a strange fire burns the whole island. Every year, without doubt. Until that day. So I shut down the fire. Then the Lord spoke to me. Something has been happening here with you. And it has to do with the water. still here? Please don't go too quiet on me. I, I grew up as a Catholic. I had lots of time to be quiet. I'm no longer Catholic, so, so please don't, don't go too quiet on me. Uh, otherwise, I'll start doing mass and we'll, then we'll, we'll, we'll shift the service a little bit. The first fire of God was in my life. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. When he had called the 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. In chapter 28, verse 18, when Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I'm not going to be able to finish that. What I want us to do, guys, we're going to do things. is designed to be skilled. When you're in church, always have either a recording device or I'm from the old school, so I write. I write. Whatever you have today, which you never wrote down, you have just postponed your moment of power. God works in seasons and in opportunities. 
this man is here two days and I am milking everything I can out of him. I, I'm not, I don't waste the time we have. We, we, we are not talking politics and talking of, and all I do is when we sit down because I learned how to learn, I fire away questions. So he's under interrogation for me all the time because the only way you become smart is by having questions. When you don't know what questions to ask, you will never be smart in your life. When you're in church, never miss that opportunity. Write, write, write. In fact, you've got to teach your mind, teach yourself the discipline of writing. I, I can still tell you things God said to me 30 years ago. I will tell you the date and the time, 1041, and I'll write everything he said. Develop that, that, that discipline. I want us to take a moment and pray. The reason why I want us to pray is because if we miss the opportunity of the season, this is your time according to your theming, a time of expansion. God never expands a church and leaves the people the same here in church. God only expands a ministry by expanding the people inside. It is only in religion where the ministry expands, but the people remain the same. But in the kingdom, the ministry expands through the expansion of its people. I pray someone is going to hear this. I'm done. I'm finished. So you, you, you can all relax. Uh, we are not going to collect a seed. So you stop holding your pockets. Uh, I, I am not one of the seed uh, uh, prophets. Uh, so, so please relax. I, I, I do not. I, I may come from a, a battered and bruised economy. But I am not a merchant. I am not a. And, and by the way, please make sure you understand this. I didn't say any prophets who collect seeds are wrong. I hope I'm qualifying that. All right. I, but that's just not me. That's not how God raised me up. That's not what I do. I, I, I believe if, 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 I, if ever God spoke to me about a seed, I would speak to you, number one. Number two, I would speak to your pastor. I would never send, but I just don't do it. So those of you who left your church books at home, you can carry them tomorrow. All right, we're not, we're not going to be searching you. I want us just to take a few moments and pray. Relatives of mine, seven children. Not one child has ever seen the door of a university. Out of seven children, not even one has a career. But you know the, the amazing thing? Mom spoke in tongues and was a, a woman who loved God. If we don't contend for the supernatural, and I, I want to say this, and I, I, I say it respectfully, so I hope nobody gets offended with me. 
do not let the seeming material plentiness in the United States fool your mind. I'm going to repeat this. I would like everybody to understand this. Do not allow yourselves to be fooled by the Babylonian system you live under. The system of bondage. Having access to a loan does not make you wealthy. Are you still here? You're not yet offended. Okay, so let me continue. I want us to pray. Tonight, we start off by song. Sunday, I'm hoping that we're going to be there on Sunday because there's something the Lord laid upon my heart when I was still in New York. We, we need to be uh, on Sunday, but it's predicated on whether you are ready for that hour. Is it possible for us to take a few minutes and pray? Are you sure? Let me just ask. Is it sure? You sure? Now I want you to ask one thing of the Lord. The supernatural is not something we go around with a circular seeking. It is something we must walk out. Literally living. And I am qualified to tell you this because I am one of those people without an education who pastors people with masters and PhDs who still come to me for counsel. I have just gone into property development. I don't have a clue. Never seen the door of anything related to that. The last three years of my working career, I was the sales and marketing executive for Lee Jeans for Southern Africa. <laughs> marketing executive. <laughs> Never did one hour of marketing class in my life. You know the weird thing? Nobody. All those PhDs and MBAs and whatnot, whatnot, not one of them ever did what I did in the three years because some things just require the call and the anointing to do. Are you still here? You, you've gone a bit quiet. So I want us to pray. Lord, give me the wisdom to contend the supernatural. Not a church for praying for people. Uh-uh. For me, every day of my life that I can walk in the expectation, the knowledge that this is what God wants me to do. You still here? Are you sure? Okay. So this is how we're going to do it. We're going to pray. You, you're going to pray just, just quiet. Quiet. 
then I'm going to tell you to raise your voice. And then you'll raise your voice slightly and you're going to pray so that we can get help. Audible prayer cleanses the atmosphere. If you don't believe me, tomorrow morning when you are in your closet praying, I want you to mark the difference when you are praying quietly and then start praying audibly so that you can hear yourself and see the difference it immediately makes. How many men do I have here who are fathers of homes? Three. Okay. You want another chance to decide? Okay. Fathers, please hear me. If your children and your wife never hear you pray, you will never establish a spiritual altar in your house. I'm not going to go into it because uh, I need to just encourage Holy Spirit, just say something to my people. Now, today is just natural. We can't be offensive. Fathers, make sure the television does not have a stronger voice than you. Of the hands that raised, that were raised, over 90% of those hands, the families are being raised by the television. Kids who have never heard their dads pray. You can sanctify the atmosphere. So that our voice, an uncontested enemy, is a strong one. Still here. 2005, I quit my secular job. This is 2016, 11 years. My children, not one of them sick, and I have four of them. You mean your children don't get sick? Yes. You mean you don't get sick? Yes. You mean your wife doesn't get sick? Yes, it was here. The day you find my wife with tissue paper wiping her nose because she's got flu. You must know she's backslidden. I worked for it just for 17 years. And people used to say to me, the day you get sick, you will never wake up. And I asked them for 17 years, have you ever heard me coughing? And what? You mean you don't cough? No, I don't. You mean you don't get, get flu? No, I don't. still here. And fathers, those of you that raised up your hands, let me tell you the secret. Nobody has the anointing of the father to bring healing to their family. Nobody. Not even me. Greatest anointing for a family for grace is the father. You find my wife sick, you must know I'm backslidden. My daughter phoned the other day and she says, you know, uh, I'm, I'm having cramps. I said, why are you having cramps? She says, you know, uh, I just started on my period today and I started cramping. I said, you know we don't do that in our home. She said, yes, dad. 
So I said, you better take a walk with your husband who's been sick, had gone to sleep. So to see that took a walk, came back healed. And he continued with the work. If we don't contend for the supernatural, someone is going to establish their standard over our lives. And when their standard is placed upon us, our lives are bound. You show me so. Sure, we're still together. Our entire church, I don't do funerals. Our church is not big. It's not a big church. It's about 3,000 people. So, and and, and we do, I don't do funerals. Why? Because no one dies. What do you mean no one dies? I mean no one dies. If anyone dies, I first need to get my permission. So far, Last six years, I've only allowed one person. That was last year. Old man. Brought to the altar, and I happened to be in the office, and I told them they've got him at the altar. I went to the altar. Before I laid hands on him, the Lord said, no, let him go. I said to the family, take him to, to your house. There were three taking their family. I said, take him to your house. I'm going to come around later on in the evening. When I arrived there in the evening, the wife looked at me, smiled. Now I understand why I'm so happy. Because he was in his bedroom, gone. So I went and closed his eyes, closed his mouth. He went to his sanctuary. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's stand. Fathers contend for the supernatural. How many of you run businesses? I mean, it doesn't matter whether you make $5 a week. How many of you run businesses? Can I share with you a secret? Money never is made without an owner. There are no wealthy people sitting on the fence. Your wealthiest people either have got a satanic altar or have got a godly altar. Did I show you that you're looking a bit a bit pensive and you're getting me worried now? You okay? Okay. Let's just take a moment to just pray.
states to redeem her or whatever. Thank you. Contending for the supernatural. Thank you for the identity. Thank you for the place of power, the place of the altar, the place of the identity of Jehovah. Thank you for the place of your presence. Just raise your voice just a little bit more now. Kalando, ishto kon alavida, kaskede bebi, iprata kalatoto. Thank you, my father. Thank you, Jehovah. Ikaluba bebedi anasa, ikoshtokon slevia, ipalambandendendele rohoya, ushtakata labada, sugmata. That your name may be glorified and lifted up above every situation and circumstance. That the world may know that you and you alone are the true and living God tonight. We glorify and give you all the praise and all the glory, all the honor, the power, the majesty. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. As I close tonight, I want to just speak this. I see one person, you have an intermittent issue with a disc at the bottom, just above your, your pelvic area. I see three, three people who are on hypertensive medication. I'm looking right now and I am seeing an issue which doctors have been battling with to do you are on hormonal something hormonal medication this is what I'm hearing hormonal medication I could continue on and on if what you receive is from me then you're going to have very serious problems because you will need me to be back here again. But if you can receive from him who is the one who paid the price, then you can carry it home and keep it for the rest of your life. sitting here right now you and your wife are going through a charade you're looking all nice but things are so bad 
that you have actually been discussing separation and divorce. I came here to tell you, if you are going to institute worldly solutions, you're going to scatter your life. Seek counsel. Go and talk to your pastor. If he needs me involved, he will tell me. But don't do it. Don't do it. Because you've already opened quite a number of doors you have no business opening. I want you to go and prepare your heart. All of us, prepare our hearts. Tomorrow, 3 to 5, we have a leadership meeting. From Then from 7, we have a meeting. I would like, respectfully, I'm going to ask Pastor Malvin, that if possible, let's have worship at 7, finish by about 7.30. I am not a pastor. I can't, I can't, I can't preach within the confines of, 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 of this. Otherwise, I'm not able to discharge what the Lord um, has sent me here to do. But if we can do that, can I just pray over the congregation right now? The mother with a child, the mother with a child is a young girl. Several times this kid wakes up screaming at night when they sleep. Please chat. Let's just chat quickly before uh, me and Pastor Malvin leave here. We need to help you concerning this child. I'm going to ask Prophet Till, could you please close in prayer for us? Yeah. Father, tonight you have set before us an open door that no man can shut. You've given the authority to those who will believe and take you at your word that there is no weapon, there is no situation or circumstance that has the power to overcome the name, the authority, and the power that is within us. We thank you, Lord, for this understanding tonight. We thank you that we've learned, that you have taught us. Indeed, you have reminded us of that which you have said aforetime. Thank you for this grace. We now dismiss ourselves in, in a partial way, but I ask that this night that your presence, indeed, as it does, 
in grateful hearts tonight. We thank you that your presence will go with us as we go until we come back for more of the bread of life, for more light, for more light, for you are the light, that we may be refreshed again. Those to whom you have spoken in the word that heard tonight, that's me. That's right. Oh God, I ask that this night today will act upon it. Do it. Stop it. Change. Say yes. Go in the other direction. As I rehearsed at the beginning of this little prayer, by that which I have and that who I am, I take authority over every principality and power that would seek to take any authority over that which has been spoken this night and that as these people go, they shall go with the mantle of God's presence and as they cross the threshold of their home, their house, that which they own, that which they are, nothing shall interfere, block, Push back. Give thy beloved rest this night that they may come again to drink. The Lord bless thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you.